Well, hello everyone. Welcome here online, back online, after a summer of being online. I'm recording this homily a little early, just in case we're not able to meet this Sunday for our outdoor service. And you'll notice that I'm uh, wearing my down jacket. It's actually freezing in here today. Where has the summer gone? Uh, on principle, I'm not going to turn the heat on till, till December the 1st, at least. Well, much earlier on in these COVID days, I had been anticipating that by fall, we'd be back together in person in our worship space. But it's not to be. Things are taking longer than we thought. Uh, and some verses from the prophet Jeremiah came to mind. In chapter 8, verse 20, the prophet says, The summer is ended, and we are not saved. We're still not saved. Uh, this coronavirus has changed our lives and our plans and has reminded us that we're not in control of our lives. And a pandemic is not anything new, as I'm going to say this Sunday at the outdoor service, if we have it, or I may have already said it by the time you hear this video, or may yet be to say it, that um, these things are not new. Pandemics are part of human history and life. Uh, they were part of the early Anabaptist movement. Um, they've always been with us and they likely always will. And I think we've been deceived in some ways by our technology. You know, we can be led falsely to believe that we're in control of everything. That we can make plans. In fact, we're not. One of the things that I found most challenging about this time is the inability to plan very far ahead. I find it to be unsettling and anxiety-provoking to not know how things are going to look in a month or two. I'm trying to get used to it. Um, I know that many of us uh, have been feeling it with, result, with um, regards to starting school in the fall. Teachers, students, parents. Um, COVID-19 has caused us to rein in our time horizons. Are you planning to go on a trip in the winter? What will it be like? Will the borders be closed? Will you have to quarantine? Will insurance be available? Will university classes be back in person in the fall? Should I plan to go? Um, will schools still be in session or will there be more cases? What will be the nature of a second wave? The inability to plan ahead is difficult for people who've grown accustomed to being in control and to assuming stability. And probably all of us are in this category. We've grown accustomed to this. But it's not necessarily difficult for everyone. Uh, not everyone has this luxury, shall we say, of finding this so difficult. 
I was remembering back to the time we lived in Colombia. We worked in a very poor neighborhood and people there would not plan far ahead. Uh, they felt it was very odd in the church life to be talking about Christmas in October. Too many things could happen, they said. You know, jobs could be lost. There could be strikes. Um, who knows what would happen? The planning horizon was about a few weeks out. So in some ways, it's really a first world luxury to be able to plan so far in advance. In the text from this morning, we hear some wisdom from Jesus. Don't spend your time worrying about tomorrow. Today has enough trouble of its own. It's practical counsel for living within a small time horizon. And it's wisdom from Palestinian peasant culture. It's also wisdom, good wisdom for all times and places. Why spend your time thinking and worrying about things that are beyond your control? It's really a waste of effort and opportunity. All you have is now. And the invitation from Jesus is to live this particular moment in this particular day as fully as possible. It sounds good, but it's not at all easy to do. Maybe you've had the experience of waking up in the middle of the night, having been dreaming or ruminating on something um, to come, some problem to solve at work, something that might happen. It's got you in this kind of psychic grip. Uh, and yet part of you recognizes that this thinking work is absolutely useless at three o'clock in the morning. You're not gonna solve anything. I've had the experience of waking up um, after a night like this and what so deeply concerned me in the night totally vanishes in the light of day. Like it's, it becomes a non-issue, non-consequential. If we somehow can't get out of that grip um, in the middle of the night, we lose the present opportunity, which is for sleep. Jesus teaches his followers, and that's us, to stay in the moment, to not be consumed with the future or the past. And there's actually a lot of spiritual writers today that are saying the same thing. And some of them are, I think, actually um, explaining and elucidating the teaching um, in a fuller way than was recorded in the Gospels. I'm thinking of um, Buddhist teachers of mindfulness like Thich Nhat Hanh, um, thinking of spiritual writers like Eckhart Tolle, who lives in Vancouver, actually. In 1995, he wrote an, a book called The Power of Now, which sold a lot of copies. And in the book, he claims that over 95% of our thinking is simply wasted time. Our minds are relentless and undisciplined, and we have to find some way to rein them in. Most of the time, they're consumed with things that are of no consequence. We're either remembering the past, ruminating over things we can't change, or we're stressing about the future, 
something that's not even become a reality yet. And all of this mental effort draws attention and energy. It takes us somewhere. Energy and attention, if drawn elsewhere, that is not available for the current moment, for the present reality that we're actually living. Spiritual enlightenment, Tolle says, is waking up to the miracle of the present moment and being fully available and alive to oneself, to the person or task at hand, to the opportunity or to the danger, whatever it may be. The point is not whether the moment is good or bad or judging whether it's a happy moment or a sad moment. The point is being present to what is. Uh, sports commentators also talk about this. I, I'm a tennis fan and I've enjoyed watching uh, some of the US Open on TV. Professional players have learned that it's very hazardous to let the mind wander. Some say at the uh, highest levels of sport, the edge becomes mental and not physical. If you're playing and you've let your mind wander to regret the last game or that you've just lost the set in a tiebreaker, uh, you lose focus from the present and you don't perform well. Um, similarly, you get into big trouble if you start thinking too far ahead. Maybe you're winning and you're thinking, okay, what's the score going to be after this game? And your mind actually wanders to the prize and the speech. And then all of a sudden, one shot, one mistake, and the whole thing changes and you're in trouble. If you're not focused on what is, you're not performing to the best of your ability. So this living in the moment is not only spiritual wisdom, it's also sports wisdom. If Jesus were alive today, I think he might be a tennis player. I don't know if you've, any of you have been watching, but you, know, you may have noticed the, um, uh, some of the younger players are up and coming, and one is a Greek fellow for, uh, named Stephanos Tsitsipas, and he actually looks like Jesus. Take a look and see what you think. Well, this living in the now, it can sound a bit, you know, new agey or um, faddish, uh, but it's not. It's it's long-standing spiritual wisdom and difficult to do. From our Christian point of view, it's the discipline and practice of faith. Faith in the sense that I can trust God in this moment, that I have what I need in this moment, not what I need for tomorrow, but what I need for right now. And as I said, the point is not... Uh, to decide whether this is a pleasant moment or a difficult one. Uh, God is not in the business of delivering pleasant moments to us. Um, God gives us moments, and they are what they are. It's best not to get caught up in judging them. Our, our, our task as followers of Jesus is to simply be present to them as they are. This particular day, whether it's good or bad, 
is all I have, and God is calling me to be fully present and to embody God's character in it, compassion, presence. <clears throat> I don't have to worry about the future because God is part of the future as well, whatever it brings. And I don't have to worry about the past. I can learn from the past, but I don't have to worry about it. What's done is done. There is a great spiritual freedom in being able to let go of worries about the future or regrets about the past. As one is able to do this, one begins to taste a new quality of aliveness. It's almost as if the eternal dimension is breaking in to the temporal dimension. It's about being fully alive in God. And so, in this time of shortened time horizons foist upon us, uh, may we learn and grow in this way, uh, according to these teachings of Jesus. Amen.